0: The title of the sermon uh, is When Love Comes to Town. And uh, uh, one of the things that happens around our house, I'll probably say it more than anybody, but uh, are y'all familiar with the uh, word Y-A-B-U-T? Yabut. And uh, so whenever uh, somebody tells me something and they're clearly wrong, Or they're clearly, I don't want to hear it. uh, I generally respond with, yeah, but, and explain why I'm right. (laughs) So, yeah, but is, uh, if I find myself saying, yeah, but, a lot, I'm probably not in a very good place because it's really a way to justify what I want, what I think, what I think is right, and I don't listen. So, uh, uh, we may, uh, throughout the sermon today, we're going to talk about some yeah buts. Uh, One of the things, uh, as far as when love comes to town, uh, the the single greatest event from eternity past to eternity future was when Jesus came to town. Everything hinges on that. Jesus came to earth, he chose to give himself in the plan of the Father. He died, he was buried, and through the manifest power of God, he was raised from the dead. And while that's the single greatest event in eternity, past and present, the single greatest question for you and me and all of the earth, Is what do you do with the fact that love came to town? And there's two things we can do. The first thing has to do with whether we accept that that was the atonement for sin and the justification for me. And I can choose to maybe acknowledge that but not believe it. So from from a perspective of eternity. Is he the son of God? Was he buried? Did he raise to life? In God's plan to save each one of us. The second question is, if we choose to accept that Jesus was the son of God and that he died once and for all for each one of us, And his plan from the beginning of time was to live inside of us and to accomplish his plans and his purposes in and through us on earth. What are we going to do with that? So what do you do with the salvation of the cross? And what do you do with the power of the cross at work in our lives? In Matthew 27, and I've gone to church like probably since I was like a, Whatever the first Sunday was after I was born, I'm pretty sure I was at church, and I've been a lot. But you don't hear this talked about very much, and uh, it kind of came to me, and I was like, I know that's in there, but uh, uh, it just we don't talk about it a lot, but I think it's pretty cool. And in Matthew 27, uh, it says, Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you're the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And in the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Today, just like all of those people, we have people who either by action or inaction heap insults and mock Jesus on the cross and what he did. Going on in Matthew 27 from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, a fulfillment of prophecy. The earth shook. The rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who died were raised to life. They came out of the tomb after Jesus' resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared to many people. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. I suspect that there's far too many times that we live our days oblivious to the fact that Jesus died, that he was buried, that he was raised, and it is the moment in history, past forever to present forever, that will impact our lives more than anything in eternity. And that's because we get busy. But to me, that story, the 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 writing of of what went on, brings home to me just how significant it was. It went dark. Curtains in the temple—that's an is a Jewish thing. The dead were raised. There were earthquakes. And I feel I believe that that was. That was God's way of showing, in as much worldliness and earthliness as possible, the magnitude of what this was. So, to those of us in here today, there's a yeah, but. Did He really die? Did He really raise? Is He really the Son of God? And those are all uh, relevant questions, but the answer to that is yes. And until we come to a resolution in our hearts and our minds that he was the Son of God that he did raise and he has empowered us with his life, our life is going to be unmanageable and, and out of control. It's time for people here today, for some people here today, to say, surely he is the Son of God. There are some of us who believe that after we were saved, we were sort of outside of God's love. Or before we were saved, we were kind of outside of God's love. Uh, this is just a, a short, short couple of verses in 1 Peter 3 that uh, a lot of theologians talk about and write about and don't really know exactly what to do with it. But in 1 Peter 3, Peter says. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but was made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. I got to figure in in God's view of the world uh, at any different time, the fact that he flooded it, it was pretty bad times. So whatever those things were that were going on that caused God to flood the world, if we really look at that, that was probably pretty bad. And yet, while he was, while Jesus was, was in the grave. He went and preached a heart of God to those who were, in, who were disobedient in the days of Noah. So for everyone here today, we should take comfort in that. And we should take encouragement in that. Because whatever you've done, at all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to be justified freely through his blood, one of the greatest uh, tools that Satan uses is for us to stay distant from God, not feel empowered by him, not walk out, not hear, not listen, not, not do, because there's a gap. And I believe that's the greatest lie that Satan uses on believers, because the truth of the matter is he's one with us. But if we don't believe he's one with us, then we're just running in our own strength. So there's no more, yeah, but God's love does not extend to me. Because the truth of the matter, it does. Romans 5, Paul writes about a couple of things. Justification and righteousness. Uh, righteousness is, is being made right with God, and justification is freely, that's in right place with God. Bottom line is, you can, there's a bunch of theologians that go to college and go to preacher school And uh, they spend a lot of time learning about those words. The fact of the matter is, through him we're one with God. I should probably teach a class on that sometime. Uh, You're one with God, and I'm one with God. So in Romans 8, Paul says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life. See what flows from justification and one righteous act. Life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, that's Adam. So also through the obedience of one man, that many will be made righteous, that's Jesus. Plain and simple. You see it all through the New Testament, the righteous for the unrighteous. Through one came disobed- came, came unrighteousness. Through another came, one act came righteousness. We are right with God through faith in Jesus Christ. So there should be no more, yeah, but I've done this or I've done that since I was saved that he can't justify me in my life. We stand distant from God. We lose, we lose our effectiveness by the choices and worldview that we have of who we are in a distorted view of what God did. And the and the challenges for us to believe the truth that we're just saved and chosen people. In Colossians Colossians 3, which is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, it addresses the very things we've been talking about. It says, since, since you've been raised with Christ, that's in the context in Romans of being buried with him. You put your faith in him and you're buried with him in baptism and raised with him in newness of life and the power that raised Jesus from the dead, which was what we just read about. That's, that's, that's otherworldly power that only God can have. It's that same power that raised us to life. So Paul writes in Colossians, Then you've been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, you will also appear with him in glory. That's who you are. That's who I am, and that's who believers are. He goes on to say, You've taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of the creator. Do you believe that your knowledge of the image of the creator that's reviewing your mind is important? It is. And our knowledge and our view of the image of the creator, which was Jesus on the cross, when that becomes distorted, we lose the identity of our new self. And as we lose the identity of our new self and who God says he is, our lives become more and more unmanageable. The reason is it becomes more about me because the focus of God in the knowledge of the Creator becomes about me and my sin rather than about his forgiveness and his justification and his sanctification in who he says I am and how I'm going to walk out my life. Here there is no Gentile or Jew Think there's separation among religions and hatred among religions on earth today. I promise you that the Jew-Gentile deal in the day was far greater than anything we know. Jews were taught that Gentiles were, were, were put on earth to fuel the fires of hell. Gentiles believed they were without hope. And the church was Jewish until until Acts chapter 10, and that the, the inclusion of Gentiles created much of the New Testament writings and created much much havoc within the church but at the end of the day there was no Jew and there was no Greek there was no gentile Paul would go on to say it's Jew and Gentile and Christ is in all and they all had callings on their lives so could it be that here there's no Jew or Gentile circumcised or uncircumcised barbarian Scythian slave or free but Christ is all and in all I would submit that God would like us to have that same view of the world. That it is in all and is all. That God's called us to see the world far broader than what we do. Then he goes on in Colossians to say this is what life looks like. When you come to understand that you've been raised with Christ and you've got set your mind and your heart on things above and you're no longer controlled by the things of this world, but that God, who tells you who you are, and and speaks to you, and gives you identity, and you know his nature and his heart. Here's what your life looks like, Paul would say in Colossians. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone forgive as the Lord forgave you that's a killer verse by the way I think I'm wanting God to forgive me and I'm pretty sure I'm not wanting to forgive someone as the Lord forgave me and that that, I can't even yeah but that And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. You see, we're all about some lip service to uh, God is love and we're going to love people because that's what God tells us to do. And I'm really good at loving people if they look like me and act like me and agree with me. And uh, I like like to be around them. But if it gets much outside of that, it's kind of hard. Throughout the Bible, it talks about as the pagans live. I'm reasonably certain that if uh, the Apostle Paul were here today and heard me say that, uh, he would say, uh, that's how the pagans live. So what what are you you doing here? The call is to love those particularly, the harder call is to love those who are outside of how I look and how I act and who I like and those sort of things. Paul would go on to say, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since you are members of one body, you're called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalm, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. It's a far different picture. Of what should be than what most of us live and what I live. But what a challenge to walk in the truths of God. In 2 Corinthians 5, I think this sums it up. If you've got an NIV, uh, the little break point that they added is the ministry of reconciliation. It says, So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. You see a consistency in in the writings of the New Testament. What's our view? Worldly or godly? From the point of view of God. From a spiritual point of view that God's shown us. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. It's the identity of who God says we are that is a new creation. And when we are in Christ, we are a new creation. And we can choose to yeah but that until the cows come home. But the truth of the matter is, that God says we're a new creation and the challenge for each one of us is not to believe the lies that say we're not a new creation in Christ Jesus. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore God's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. I'll read that again. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteous of God. So here's the yeah, but. The yeah, but is, I don't particularly like people that don't think and look like me. The yeah, but is, eh, I don't think it's worth it to love people that don't look like me and act like me and think like me. That's a, church, that's a lie that the church universally has accepted, for the most part, and certainly not preached against. From the very beginning of this church... Um, That's a lie that this church has, is, and will be committed to ending in Decatur, Wise County, Texas, and within any, any world that you live in. So that means you pick one, or two, or five. There's judgment of others. This is amazing to me. There are people who have $5 in their bank account or or are judging people that got a million dollars in their bank account, and there's people that got a million dollars in their bank account judging people with $5 in their bank account. And that's grossly inconsistent with Christ in all. And we're all part of one body. And we've been called to be ambassadors. There's social hierarchies. There's this group and that group, starts in the, I don't know, middle school or junior high, elementary school, whenever it started for you, little cliques of people. It shouldn't be so. It goes on to religion, secretly, in people's hearts. They want their church to be better than the other church, and they don't want to love the other church because they want to be all gathered up over here being the best church, being the right church, being the the fill-in-the-blank, whatever your background or bent is in that denomination. Uh, Happens in Decatur all the time. I love what Dan's involved in because it's all of God's people. So what a challenge for us to love, period. Whether it be Christian-based religion people, or non-Christian-based religion people, because I promise you the Gentile was far outside of any non-Christian-based religion person that we we encounter today. And if we're not, and, and it doesn't limit us in who we're to be God's ambassadors for. That uh, that was probably the thing that I struggled the most with saying. I try to say what God calls me to say. But that's going to be hard to swallow for some people in today's society. And I've had this, this, this discussion with people at lunch uh, who have told me, you're crazy. I'm not going to show God's love to X. And while that may sound and feel right in today's society, it doesn't change the truths of God. That we're to be Christ ambassadors to show love to all. Whether it's politics, I got people, everybody thinks they're in the middle, me included. Uh, and uh, I got people to the left of me and people to the right of me that, uh, uh, that I would consider zealots on the right and zealots on the left. And uh, so am I going to pick a fight with them and prove them wrong? Or am I going to love them and understand them? And maybe, just maybe, God wants to use the church today to bring the, the political polarization of America together. Just maybe. And I promise you that's consistent with the word of God. Skin color from the beginning. Wise County has been a, a, a county where uh, historically racism was prevalent. It's still prevalent today. From day one of this church, we were not going to be a church that viewed people based on the skin, the the color of their skin. That's got to stop in America. And remember, this is all in the context of who am I being called to love? And am I going to exclude certain people? And just possibly remove myself from the very plan that God had for me to be an ambassador to people in this world. Uh, so, in Colossians it says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So, everybody look at me. We all have multiple circles of influence. And I believe God places us in multiple circles of influence to be his ambassador. And within that circle of influence, there are gonna be people who, don't, who I encounter that don't look like me, act like me, think like me. And I have a choice. Am I gonna be an ambassador? Am I gonna demonstrate God's love to that person who I may not necessarily want to in my flesh? or who may not deserve it in my decision, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Am I gonna be Christ's ambassador in that? Am I gonna be, be, demonstrate what it is for love to have come to town in my heart, and am I gonna take love to town in somebody else's heart? And we all have little circles. We all have little towns. And they got people that are all different. So when Jesus came to came to earth he came to walk out his God ordained call and his God ordained call was not about him it was about walking out and talking out in obedience to the Father and that was to give his life for each one of us and for all who call on his name and it was to provide the avenue for his Holy Spirit to indwell our hearts so that we could walk out the call that he has on our lives in his power. So the question today, have you accepted your God-ordained position, which includes a God-ordained call as God's chosen and dearly loved To walk out our role every day to bring everyone, to bring love to everyone of those little towns that we live in. And if we do that, watch what God does. It's awesome.